Welcome to a new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I am here with New York City Councilwoman Ina Vernikoff. She represents the 48th District, which is part of South Brooklyn. Uh, I live in Bay Ridge, but she unfortunately doesn't represent me. I'm very sad about that. Councilwoman, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I was I asked you on here to talk about uh, New York City and stuff. And and uh, but lately, you know, things have been going awry in Ukraine. That's where you came from. Um, you, you immigrated here when you were a young girl, maybe 12, I believe, 13. Where, how old are you? Yeah, I was 12 years old. OK. And um, so now it kind of seems like everybody's looking to you in New York City as kind of uh, an ambassador to find out what's going on over there. Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of media about what's happening. Um, I've been communicating with the people on the ground, uh, people who run refugee camps uh, in places outside of Ukraine. I've been talking to people I grew up with, my neighbors, my classmates, my former classmates, and uh, family friends. Wow. Who live. Um, so on the news, I mean, what we see... Is it is it true? Like what's what's we know, obviously, we all know Vladimir Putin is a horrible person and what he's doing is is an atrocity. But uh, a lot of people say there's a lot of propaganda out there, Ukrainian, Russian. So what what is really going on in the Ukraine? Can you explain it to people? There definitely is a lot of propaganda. And you know what? The propaganda is really nothing new coming from the Russian side. Mm -hmm. uh, Russia is not really a democracy. There is no real free speech in Russia. Everyone knows that Putin jails his opponents. Uh, somehow he's remained in power forever. Uh, it's, it's just really not a place where people have choice. It's not a place where people have free choice. Um, in a way, I know that many people, many Russians, wanted Putin to, to be their leader because they feel that he keeps order, he keeps law and order, uh, they're safe, you know, he does what they need to be done. But right now what he's doing, uh, so many people disagree with. And uh, the propaganda part is extremely important and extremely dangerous because there's so much misinformation about why this war is really happening. And unfortunately, people who don't know better just believe whatever propaganda Putin is spreading, uh, he's not allowing a, a different opinion or a different point of view uh, into the media in Russia. Uh, he's closed off their internet. I know there's other ways that people have gained internet now, but he's trying very hard to make sure that the people in Russia only hear Russian state-sponsored propaganda. Mm. And so what he's telling the people, and he's trying to get that out everywhere to Ukrainians and Russians, is that Russia had a real reason to go into this war. Uh, you know, they're really scared. Russia is really scared of Ukraine and it, they're really scared of Ukraine joining NATO and uh, gaining military power. None of that is really true, in my opinion. None of that is accurate. Uh, Russia is extremely powerful. We all know that. And uh, Ukraine is a country that is sovereign. It's a democracy and it strives for freedom. It wants to be like America, more like America and less like the Soviet Union, which it once used to be part of. Um, and it's it, it doesn't have any nuclear ambitions. It doesn't have any military ambitions. It just wants to make sure they have the defensive weapons that they need. They want to make sure they live safe, uh, but they were not 
planning to attack Russia. They were not planning on, you know, uh, any military offensive. They just want to have the protections that any sovereign country is entitled to have. So basically, Putin saw this as a threat that there's actually going to be a democracy right next door. And he, he, he just wasn't having that. So he just decided to go in and invade. You know, uh, from what I understand, talking to so many people down in Ukraine and just, you know, my family has a lot of friends who live in Ukraine and they're they're really living this every day for many years. Um, and they they really understand exactly what's going on down there. Um, and you know sorry can you just repeat your question i'll i'll uh, elaborate no, no yeah i know i was just wondering so so putin basically sees a democracy like building up in ukraine like a free world and that's right next door to him and he he doesn't yes. like that yeah yeah basically as they said talking to people who live down there for so long they understand that Putin just cannot forgive Ukraine mm -hmm. for not wanting to be part of his country mm -hmm. and not wanting to be like Russia, for wanting to be different and separate and apart and independent. So that's really the reason. He's angry that they don't want to be part of the Soviet Union. And I think that that's exactly what he wants. I think he wants to bring back what once was the Soviet Union, all these countries together in one, controlled by one leader, uh, a dictator, um, you know, people not having freedoms, not being able to redress the government. That's what he wants. Yeah, see, I, saw, I also heard a lot of stories when Russian soldiers were getting captured. They were telling Ukrainian um, generals and whatever that Putin was telling these guys that there's some kind of neo-Nazi rising in ukraine and that's the real reason why they're going into ukraine like this is the kind of crazy things i'm hearing which is obviously not true we know this but it's just like this is the kind of extent that putin goes to to tell people to go invade a country yeah you have to understand uh the russian military is not as powerful as we all think it might be right it's basically comprised of very young teenagers we got 21 year olds 23 year olds going in to another country to fight a war and they actually have no idea where they're going mm. they're just being sent out they're like here this this is where you're going and they they come to this country that's not their own uh they're told to invade they're told to kill civilians whatever instructions they're given and they have no idea what this is about why they're doing it they're being told different things they're essentially kids uh, who just following orders and some of them get there and they cry and uh, you know there were stories about the uh, Ukrainians meeting these Russians at the border or just meeting them when they enter and tell them here's the phone call your mother and they would call their mother and their mother would be like come home what are you doing like turn around and come home um, it's it's just it's incredible yeah uh, it's 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 really crazy I mean Ukraine is um, so you were you were born technically it was still the Soviet Union when you were born in Ukraine right? Yeah, it was still the Soviet Union. Um, the the it fell apart I believe in ninety one mm -hmm. or ninety two, um, and I lived there till nineteen ninety six. But I do remember, even though I was little, I do remember a lot of things from when it was still the Soviet Union. When when did Putin go into power in first in in Russia? When was he the first? Like his first term, I guess, because 
it was like what 20 years ago right at least yeah i mean it's i i don't even think i can remember that far as as yeah. long as i can remember putin has been in power in russia i i just feel like i know we're not f- afraid of the russian army because their weapons are subpar they're still using kalishnikovs and and these horrible guns i think what the united states is really focused on is the nuclear weapons because we know russia has a a stack of nuclear weapons, 10,000 or whatever the number is. We don't even know what they really have. And they have these treaties with North Korea and China and all these other countries who hate Americans. So I think that's what the real problem is. And do we even know Putin's even well, if he's mentally stable? We don't. So, yeah, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think that he's really lost it. I think something must have ticked him off really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's going full force. But yeah, uh, what you mentioned about the nuclear weapons, I think that's exactly why we're refusing to give them a no-fly zone. Mm -hmm. I think that all the NATO allies are afraid of what's going to happen if we do attack them or if we defend them, if we get involved in any, uh, you know, in in a bigger way than we already are. So I think that they're just, they're afraid that, you know, if he's doing what he's doing now, he's targeting civilians, he's killing children mm-hmm. and it's intended. Um, who knows what he's going to do with a nuclear weapon? I mean, this guy has probably lost his mind and he has a button that he can press and it can really destroy so much. We don't even, I don't even know if we know the extent of what he can actually do. Right. So you recently met with President Trump, who basically everyone tried to say that President Trump and Putin were, you know, were buddies and this and that, which is all, it's all, it's all bullshit. We know that. Um, I mean, we, we didn't have to worry about Russia and China when President Trump was in office, you know, because we were, we were a strong country. We had strong leadership. But what did, what did President Trump have to say about all this? So first of all, I just want to emphasize on a little bit on what you're saying. If we look at what happened in 2014 under Obama, we had the annexation of Crimea. Correct. Right? Correct. We had office. We had nothing happened. We had no world wars. We had peace. We had peace. We, he made peace in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. There, there was nothing with North Korea. We had nothing with Russia. And then Biden comes in and we've got a disastrous pull out of Afghanistan. We got American Americans killed. Uh, America announces we have no way of taking out our uh, American troops, uh, you know, United States citizens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to pull out. And mm-hmm. now we have this. So I think it's important that people, you know, everyone's been complaining about how mean Trump was and how mean his tweets were. I really miss those mean tweets. I wish we had mean tweets instead of what we have now. We have actual people dying, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this absolutely would not have taken place had President Trump been in office. I think that President Trump had his way about him and uh, a, a specific, uh, I think he, he had a smart way of dealing with President Putin where he was friendly with him, but at the same time, he was tough on Russia and President Putin was afraid of President Trump. Maybe he was afraid that President Trump was crazy and nuts and, and who knows what he could have done. Right. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because whatever it was, it prevented Putin from doing what he's doing now. Correct, correct. Um, so when you, when you met with president Trump, what did he, what did he say to you that, uh, how was his feelings about this whole, his whole situation? Was he disgusted? Did, you know, what, what did he say? 
He was. He was. Uh, he asked me a lot of questions about my family and uh, you know my friends back in the Ukraine, mm-hmm. and uh, he was extremely disturbed by what's happening. He really spent a lot of time um, out of the meeting talking about Ukraine, mm-hmm. what's going on there. Uh, he seemed extremely concerned about the people of Ukraine. He seemed annoyed and agitated about uh, us not doing more about the world not doing more right now. And of course he feels that had he been the president right now, this would have never happened. Correct. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody agrees with that. Um, in your district, and you know, I'm from Brooklyn, obviously I know your district very well for the, our listeners who don't, you have, you represent a lot of uh, Russians and Ukrainians and uh, in all your districts. And uh, I can only imagine that these people must be disgusted and, and uh, you know, seeking help from you. To like, what, what do I do? My family, I can't get in touch with them or what, how can we get them out of there? People probably are displaced. It must be just uh, really hard to deal with every day. Yeah, I've been, you know, since the invasion, I've, we've been inundated with emails, but, you know, all kinds of uh, requests, questions about where to donate, uh, how to become a host for refugees. Um, do we donate money? Do we donate supplies? Where do we send it to? Uh, how can we get our family out? Um, we've, we've been doing what we can. I'm a local politician, so mm-hmm. in, not in Congress, I'm not in the federal government, but we've been doing what we can on our end. We've set up a drop-off center. We've sent out over 300 boxes of supplies, medicine and food uh, down to Poland through a container. We had somebody sponsor that. It was really difficult to find shipping, uh, you know, a company that would ship it for free. So that was pretty tough. But we finally found some volunteers who did that. Um, we've been working with the mayor's office to pressure the federal government to designate Ukrainians as refugees. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Ukrainians who are here, they have a temporary protection, protective status called TPS. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for 18 months, they have that for 18 months. It's a form of relief. It's temporary, but, you know, it basically prevents the government from being able to deport them so they could stay here legally in the country. Um, Until yesterday, there was no form of relief for people who are down in Ukraine or who managed to escape Ukraine, but don't have any papers or documents Mm -hmm. to come here. So yesterday there was an announcement that America will allow 100,000 refugees in. That's amazing. Good. Good. We like that. Those are the right refugees to let into our country. (laughs) That's 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 what I will say. (laughs) Well, look, I think uh, we're a country of immigrants. We are, you know, they always say Republicans are against immigration. We are not we're for immigration we're just for legal immigration and uh, you know we want i i came here as an immigrant at 12 years old my family waited three years for our grandparents to come here and to apply for us you know uh we went through the legal channels Mm -hmm. we just think that we're a country of laws and we need to do it properly um you know these refugees will get a legal way to come here i have no problem with that Mm -hmm. uh you these are also not refugees that come from tormented war zones where, you know, there are terrorist cells. So this is a different type of a situation. And this is a real, real emergency where they're literally in the middle of a war where they are dying. And, you know, it could take up, it could, you know, it's up to minutes. It's literally any, any second, they could just lose their life. So um, it's important that we bring them down here. But you took, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, this isn't like we're uh 
shipping Afghanistan refugees who could have a secret terror cell in there. You know, you know, these are people from Ukraine who are our allies and stuff like that. So this is exactly what I was going to say. Um, has anybody on like uh, a senator from New York or anyone reached out to you, Democratic, Republican? Has anybody tried to help you out or it's just been like a local effort, really? So we work together with Congresswoman Nicole Mariotakis. Right. Uh, we have our, uh, our constituents who are looking for help with refugees, who are looking for, you know, some help to bring their family here mm-hmm. or whose family is already here and need papers. I mean, we just, uh, we, we refer them to Congresswoman Mariotakis. We talk to her office a lot. Right. She's, she's my uh, Congresswoman here in Bay Ridge. She's, she's great. She does yeah. a lot. She does a lot. She's a very underrated Congresswoman. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's 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 really good. And um, you're you're you said you have friends and family in Ukraine and everyone is uh, OK right now or you're they're trying to be OK as best as they can. So I come from a town called Chernovitz. It's in the western Ukraine. It's about 40 kilometers away from the Romanian border. Okay. Um, it's not being bombed right now, but they are hearing sirens about five times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like in the last week or so. Uh, I've been talking to my friends down there and they've been, you know, going into bunkers mm-hmm. five times a day. They're also training how to shoot guns. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, like, can you imagine it's 2022 and we have to worry about a country like Ukraine, which is not a third world country. It's by any means, it's, it's a regular, it's like a, it's a modernized country has to be worried about being bombed possibly five times a day by their neighboring country, Russia. It's, it's the most insane thing ever. It really is. I mean, it's like, if you think about it, imagine in the middle of New York City, in the middle of Manhattan, just mm-hmm. bombs falling and destroying buildings and taking people's lives yeah. in 2022. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I, I want to comment. I know this is a little bit of a different topic, but this happens in Israel so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course live under threat of bombs every day they're so used to it that everyone has a bunker everyone has a shelter mm-hmm. um they they are so trained they have 30 seconds to run once mm-hmm. they hear a siren they literally have 30 seconds uh to run but i think that you know i've been i'm really impressed with the with the bipartisan support for this cause when it comes to israel it's a whole different situation <laughs> wow. story it's that's like a, a that's a whole nother conversation. Another I, agree com- I agree with you 100 percent in the Democrats. For some reason, they hate Israel. I don't know why. I literally don't get it. They don't want to do the Iron Dome. I, it's a whole nother conversation. We can't get into we can have another one. Yeah, we have to have another podcast about new, um, another episode about New York City, Israel. We could do another thing. You're a busy lady. So listen, you gave me a lot of time. Where do we find you on the socials and how do we help get money to Ukraine? Please tell me. Okay, so on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's Councilwoman Ina Vernikov. It's pretty mm-hmm. easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a landing page that we've created. It's on the Facebook. It's on actually. It's it's on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a host of uh, different resources and information on that landing page. People can uh, donate there. They could find a host for refugees. They could become a host. They could find a free attorney. Um, there's just a a lot of information on that landing page. Excellent. Uh, Councilwoman, I thank you for your time. I hope to have you back when you have more time so we can talk about all those other topics. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Thank you.